You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's no secret that Instagram can sometimes make its users, especially those that are teenage girls, feel bad about their bodies. When you're scrolling through Instagram and all you're seeing is happy faces and pretty things and all these beautiful things, you can't help but wonder, why don't I have those beautiful things and how come I don't have a beautiful smile? Social media is heavily affecting my body image, the way that I look at myself. And unfortunately, what's most popular tends to be synonymous with attraction. What's most popular is what's most beautiful. This week, the Wall Street Journal dropped a bombshell report about Instagram that confirmed what most young women already know. The app can be terrible for your mental health. And the company knows it, too. The Wall Street Journal says Facebook researchers repeatedly warned that the photo-sharing platform can harm mental health and body image, especially for teenage girls. The internal Facebook report puts it bluntly, we make body image issues worse for one in three teen girls. Our very own Peter Kafka interviewed the head of Instagram, Adam Masseri, on the Recode Media podcast this week, and he asked him about that report. Here's Peter. I'm here with Adam Masseri, who is head of Instagram. Welcome, Adam. Thank you for having me. Uh, you've had a week. It has been a busy week. Uh, it's been a busy 18 months, but it's been a particularly busy week. You're here in New York. You went to the Met Gala on Monday, and on Tuesday, the Wall Street Journal wrote a really uh, hard-hitting story about internal research at Instagram and, and the way that Instagram users, specifically teens, feel about the way Instagram affects them. There's a lot of stuff in there where we could spend hours talking about it, but I wanted to get to it right away and try to sum it up. Facebook's own research, this is the journal reporting, but it seems pretty straightforward, shows that a sizable minority of teenagers who use Instagram believe the app makes them feel worse about themselves, that they feel addicted to it. Um, the journal reports that you guys have done this surveys, these are this research yourself, and you have not shared it outside of the company, even when asked about it. You guys responded to this. You had a blog post up and said, this research, this research exists. It's accurate. Uh, we, th- we don't think the journal framed it accurately. So what's a, what's a more accurate framing in your mind? Well, backing up a little bit, I th- if there's anybody who uses Instagram or any of our services and leaves feeling worse about themselves, that's a real issue that we want to try and address. So I want to make sure I say that up front. Uh, I also think, to put things in perspective a little bit, when you connect people, whether it's online or offline, good things can happen and bad things can happen. And as a result, that's also true on Instagram because it's true on social media because that's what social media does. It's connecting people. And I think that what's important is that the industry as a whole tries to understand both those positive and negative outcomes and do all they can to magnify the positive and to identify and address the negative outcomes. So that's why we're doing this research. I don't think of this article as airing our dirty laundry or anything like that. I'm proud of the fact that we're doing this work. 
there's a lot of industries and there's a lot of other companies in our industry that I'm sure have an effect on people's, well, I'll say have effects on negative social comparison and that aren't proactively trying to understand it and find ways to address it. The biggest mistake I think we made as a company was a long time ago not fully embracing our responsibility early enough to try to understand negative outcomes and address them. And I think we've done a, a really immense amount of work and invested more than I think any other company in the world over the last five years. We are less far along than I would like us to be in large part because in 2020, everything got turned on its head. Uh, this specific team ended up getting shifted towards trying to uh, better un un understand equity issues in the wake of all the unrest around social inequality, particularly here in the States. But we had a lot of stuff that came up, particularly around COVID. So we kind of lost a year, um, but we picked it back up um, about half a year ago. And so what the journal has is a collection of resources, not all of the research, but a collection of you know presentations about that research. And you know I think they are trying to raise awareness about an important issue, and I understand that. I wish we were further along in it, but I do feel cautiously optimistic that there are things that we can do in this space if we put our minds to it. But just to be clear, I mean, some of the, the quotes from from these slides the journal published, uh, one in five teens say Instagram make them, makes them feel worse about themselves. Teens who struggle with mental health say Instagram makes it worse. So what what are we not getting when we see those those quotes from internal internal slides produced by your employees? A few different things. Um, it's a few thousand words into the article before they talk about the difference between correlation and causation. And one of the things that we know about negative mental health issues more broadly online is that the most important things are your state of mind when you're using social media and then how you use social media and the interaction thereof. So that's pretty buried in there. Another is a number of those studies actually we actively recruited teenagers who were struggling with negative social comparison. And so the denominator there isn't all teens or all teenage girls. It's the subset of people who are having active or having yeah, active struggles. And so again, there's a selection bias there. Um, and I don't want to really um, quibble about details. I want to take a look at the over at the overarching narrative, make sure that there's not anything that we have that's a blind spot, find the signal, ignore the noise. It can be uncomfortable to be scrutinized in public, but I think it's a fundamentally healthy thing. And then leverage this as much as I can into helping us move forward. So I appreciate that you don't want to play media critic. As, as, as head of Instagram, do you feel like the product should not be available to certain kinds of people? I mean, if, if this is something that, gen, that genuinely could make, and you don't know yet, right? You're, that's you're saying we don't, we don't, we're not fully confident in the research. But if there's a chance that this is a product that could really harm people in the same way that you know, cigarettes could harm people, that you guys should be restricting it or maybe taking it off the market. Absolutely not. I, and I really don't agree with the comparison to drugs or cigarettes, which have very limited, if any, upsides. I think that Anything that is going to be used at scale is going to have positive and negative outcomes. Cars have positive and negative outcomes. We understand that. We know that more people die than would otherwise because of car accidents. But by and large, it cre cars create way more value in the world than they destroy. And I think social media is similar. I think that we do a ton to help people connect with those that they love. We've helped advance a number of important social causes particularly Me Too and Black Lives Matter. We help small businesses make a living. We help 
creators find ways to express themselves. There's a bunch of uh, we give voice to those who've been historically marginalized. There's a ton of value that we create. And but yes, of course, there are also issues as well because, like I said before, connecting people has positive and negative outcomes. If we continue with the car metaphor, there's tons of regulation around cars over the years. Uh, the government stepped in to say you need to install. You know, Seatbelts seat belt. and airbags, and, and there's all kind of discussion about, about further regulation. Um, do we need that level of, of regulation and government intervention with, with social media? I think regulation is needed. We've been pretty public about that. I think it's— But that's—I mean, it's, it's very light touch right now. It's, it's, it varies a lot by, by um, country. In the U.S.? In the U.S., it is quite light touch. Um, I think there are a number of opportunities for regulation to help the industry more broadly. And I think as much as we can, we need industry-wide solutions and ideally not country-specific solutions. Um, We've talked publicly about how we think there's more opportunity within the world of elections and elections interference, particularly around ads transparency. I actually think we are more transparent than any other ad platform in existence right now. Um, There's a bunch of, I think, opportunities for what we would internally call content problems. So when you define a problem having a more consistent definition of something like hate speech could be really helpful there. You have to be careful. I'm not trying to advocate for regulation as some sort of blank check broadly, but I do think it's we are a big enough industry that it's important and we need to evolve it forward. I saw some suggestion on social media yesterday that that you guys would have a different perspective if there were more people at Facebook leadership and Instagram leadership that had teenagers um, and, or teen girls in their household specifically. Um, do you think this is a blind spot for the company that this is just stuff that you aren't haven't paid enough attention to and maybe still it's not resonant enough? I don't think so. Again, I the article this week in the journal, I feel like really misses the point that we care enough to actively try to invest in research. We work with third-party researchers as well, and that we w- are also looking for things that we can do in the product. I don't think anybody else in the industry is doing that. But, I mean, people like our friends our age who are women grew up in the States looking at magazines and probably having all sorts of difficulty comparing themselves to an unrealistic definition of beauty. And I don't know any magazine organization or or publisher that did proactive research into this space, nor are we talking about that right now. And so I get that social media is new, that new mediums or new media are always going to be scrutinized. There's a phase of overexcitement, and then there's a phase of fear, and then hopefully some balance. Um, But I just, I think of this over the long run, and I think that we're going to get to a better and better place. It's not we can't turn it off. Like, the Internet's not going away. So what we have to figure out is how to move forward responsibly. I thought a lot about the magazine metaphor um, that you just brought up and the fact that, you know, we've had images of, of, of what beauty looks like. A lot of this is, is based specifically about thinness and how you should look. Um, that's a long—we've had that forever. Um, there is something different with digital media where it's intended to engage with you constantly and to get you to come back. And it's maybe a deeper and more intense relationship than flipping through a Vogue, maybe. I'm not sure I agree. I mean, I'm sure Vogue was trying to engage you as much as they could and get you to come back as much as they could. But there's also some real positives about social media in this issue. It's much more easy to connect with a definition or a version of beauty that you might more be able to relate to or that you can actually attain in a world where you can connect to anyone anywhere. If you don't look like the the fashion industry's definition of beauty in the mid-90s, it was very difficult to find anybody that you could relate to or anybody who you could aspire to be like one day, and and not just on social media, but on the internet more broadly. 
But I think the fashion industry right now is trying to evolve. They've got a lot more room to grow, but you know, you had a much more diverse group. You had a lot of plus-size models. That's something that didn't happen a few decades ago. And I think social media and the internet more broadly is part of that shift. The other strain of the, of the article and, and the criticism you guys have gotten is about the, the fact that you conducted this research but haven't made it available widely. And people have asked, what kind of research have you guys done? And you basically, either Mark Zuckerberg said, I don't know anything about you know negative effects. Um, and now you have, you have um, senators asking for this stuff. It seems like this stuff is going to come out through leaks or subpoenas, so why not make it more widely available? We think it's important to get more information out there. And we try to do research internally that we don't share because it's much more efficient. We can move much more quickly, and these issues are important. I want to make fast progress. But we also do work with third-party researchers like Dr. Diedrich at um, the Center for Appearance Research, which is the largest organization focused on body images in the world right now. We pay for the, their time because our time is valuable, but that is you know, with third-party researchers. And we're also looking for ways to provide data to researchers who we don't pay so that you don't have any questions of bias. That second and third category just take more time, but it's not an either-or, it's a yes-and. So we're trying to move forward on all three of those and we do that, I think, in a number of different issues at this point, not just in social comparison. And I think we're further along on the internal research because it's much easier to move quickly. And so there's, you know, privacy is a big issue, for instance. So, for instance, in all the studies in, that, are, that the Wall Street Journal acquired, we have assured all of the participants that they would remain anonymous mm -hmm. and what they said would remain anonymous. And, you know, we can't respect that necessarily. But you could provide that same top line. The slides that, that are, are recreated or, that are, or s that are in the journal story, right, those are, those are your slides. Those are, don't identify the respondents. Yeah, but there are quotes there, and I think there are concerns there. And I think, I mean, we've been pushed very hard on privacy for good reason, and I think we're trying to embrace that responsibility. Again, we're going to have to do internal research. I think we need to summarize that on some cadence and get that out there. We're going to work with third-party researchers and pay for their time. And we're also going to try to find ways to provide data to researchers who we don't pay in a privacy-safe way. If we do all three of those things, I think we can get to a healthy place over time. We're further along in some areas, like you know, self-harm, and we're not as far along in areas that we're newer to, like social comparison. If you'd like to listen to the full interview between Peter and Instagram's Adam Masseri, head over to the Recode Media podcast feed. In that episode, they also discussed other issues like breaking up Facebook and paying creators. As always, my name is Adam Clark Estes, and thanks for listening to Recode Daily. This episode was produced by Alan Rodriguez Espinosa and engineered by Paul Robert Mouncey. Is there anything else about Instagram you want to learn about? Email us at recodaily at recode.net.